Hey everybody, we're back with another episode of Wrestling Conversations. So our guest today is Paul Bromwell. So Paul has been somebody that I've wanted to have on the uh, podcast here for quite a bit. So I'm super glad we were able to finally make this uh, make this happen. Um, we get into um, all the different work he's doing over at Ad Free Shows, um, including the Kurt Angle Show, um, the RN Podcast. Talks about um, working with Mike Kyoto. So we also talk about how we got introduced to um, podcasting and kind of how things with ad-free started from there. Um, we get into a little bit about um, how Paul became introduced to wrestling, some of his childhood favorites, um, things like that. So please give this conversation a listen. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Wrestling Conversations. Uh, joining us today is Mr. Paul Bromwell. Paul, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I've been looking forward uh, to this since the invite, and uh, so I appreciate you having me here. Absolutely. I've been wanting to make this happen for a bit, and this is probably the worst way to start a wrestling-themed podcast, too, but I know you're a Steelers fan, <sighs> so there's some there's some news going on there. Um, I think I saw it this morning. I'm not sure if it came out yesterday or if it came out this morning, too, of the... Uh, the, the switch with the offensive coordinator. Do you have any thoughts on that? I am ecstatic uh, with the switch. Um, it's time and it's about time. I think it, it finally took that loss to Cleveland to, to make a decision and make it happen. The Steelers historically are not a franchise that make decisions like this in the middle of the season. I think Adam Schefter put out a tweet how I don't think we've done something like this in 50 or 60 years. So for us to make this decision just tells you how bad it has been offensively mm -hmm. uh, for us this year. But I'm glad to see that uh, we did the right thing. I think there was a concern potentially over losing the locker room. Uh, but uh, now, listen, hey, there's no excuse. It's time for the offense to to get it together and then move in the right direction. So we'll see what happens. See what happens. And, and I think um, being a, I'm not a, not much of a Pittsburgh fan myself, but um, <laughs> it's okay. there's, um, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs in Pittsburgh sports over the years. There's, there's been some good times and some bad times, but I am a uh, Minnesota guy myself. Okay. So that's not really saying much either. There's a, uh, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs with Minnesota sports, but um uh, been watching the Vikings pretty closely. It's been kind of a, an up and down season here so far, but hoping that we can, continue to you know to win some games with all the injuries and stuff too but we'll see what happens i'm sure you're cheering hard for former Steeler josh dobbs right now I, yes um that i mean that's been pretty i mean there's been some there's some kinks to work out but i mean for to, to come in and you like, i think when we had our backup in he's concussed on the first drive of the game he's a rookie and uh, he comes in he had like five days to prep and um i mean it's hard not to root for the guy and it is. He he is just, I mean, to be traded after he was told he was not going to be traded, be thrust into that spotlight and to win games, he's winning games. So yes. uh, it's got to be exciting. Yes. And I mean, I think all the Minnesota people will, will miss cousins, but I mean, it's, I think we really, we really made a good trade with that too. And I, I hope things will continue to go out and just hoping Jefferson gets back into the lineup. Pretty yeah, soon. He's a big piece. Yeah. I mean, missing five straight games. That's um, that definitely hurts. And I don't think we expected to be, you know, quite that long, but um hoping he gets back here next week, but we'll see. 
Yep. Yep. Hopefully he can get on the field for you, but listen, I love, I love football. I love sports. Um, just like I, I enjoy wrestling, you know, it kind of gets me out of the, uh, the day-to-day grind and you can just sit down and enjoy, uh, sports though, man, when the team's winning, you can enjoy it. Uh, th- that's why I think I really enjoy wrestling because, Hopefully they're planning and preparing to always make sure that when we watch events, they're treats and we can enjoy ourselves. Yes. So yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I've, I've listened to some other interviews you've done too. So I won't, I won't spend a ton of time on like your introduction to wrestling too, but I wanted to touch on this. Cause this is something that to me stuck out to me is that you were introduced to wrestling from your, was it your grandpa and your dad? That's correct. Yep. Long time. Uh, They're both long time wrestling fans. My grandfather, uh, he grew up uh, in the army and well, not grew up, but he spent a lot of time in the army and traveling around uh, because of that. And uh, when they settled in Baltimore area, Baltimore, Maryland, started taking my dad and his brother to a lot of matches, a lot of Bruno San Martino and the Russian bear, Ivan Koloff and superstar Billy Graham and, and got, and dad got to, to watch a lot of that. So my first memories of wrestling or watching it with my dad and my grandfather talking about it around the table. And, um, so yeah, they were uh, instrumental in, in me becoming a fan as, as a young kid. And that's something for me, that is something I'm so jealous of too, because I feel like there's lots of, including myself, lots of people out there. I, I, I think I was introduced to wrestling from, you know, friends, but nobody in my family had any, mm-hmm. any, you know, any clue of what wrestling was. And, um, they were always supportive of it too, but to have that, thing to share with a a grandparent or a parent. I feel like that's something that's pretty, pretty special. It's cool because so my dad now he is retired and he has an in-law suite here at the, at the house. And so when we watch pay-per-views, he comes up, we order pizza and uh, we just watched, you know, full gear together. He's going to come up Saturday and watch war games with, with me and my son. Now it's three generations all sitting together, enjoying wrestling together. So it's, it's really a family thing. Yeah, definitely. That's, I feel like, um, I, for me, I have, I have some friends that will watch, I end up dragging my wife into it from time to time. And I can say, as you can see behind me here, there's all sorts of toys yeah, and collectibles. You got and a cool collection there. Sometimes, uh, I, I ask myself this question, why does she even bother? But uh, she's nice enough to indulge me and watch it. And she's learned some over the years, but yeah, I think it's, it's always so much more fun when you can enjoy, yeah, whether it's sports, wrestling, anything like that, I'm if, you with do it, you. if you can do it together. That's yeah, for sure. I totally agree. It's a bonding experience for sure. So who were your guys? You mentioned some of like the early names that you had, um, that you uh, grew up watching too. And I know that you definitely tuned into some of the, um, Jim Crockett stuff as well. Yeah. Who were some of your guys growing up? They're like, yep, these, these are my guys. Yeah. So, uh, I was a big time Hulk Hogan fan because he was larger than life. And I was watching Hulk Hogan, rock and wrestling cartoons and everything with him and Mr. T, uh, that whole storyline, WrestleMania one, I was, I liked a team. So the crossover stuff that was going on with him and B, you know, BA Baracus, that was Mr. T's character name. Uh, so big time fan of him. I remember watching Tito Santana when he was doing his thing for intercontinental, you know, the intercontinental title with Don Morocco. Um, I I liked all the baby faces. NWA, I was a huge Dusty Rhodes fan. Uh, it doesn't matter as a kid. I don't, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about it. It didn't matter what he looked like. You didn't even think of that. It was the charisma and how he captured your attention and you couldn't help but cheer for him. And the four horsemen were jerks. I mean, they were the bad guys. They were always hurting them and beating up Dusty. So um, the big baby faces of that era 
I was a huge fan of. I liked Macho Man when he first came in. Um, you know, Ultimate Warrior. I remember how big of a splash it was when the Ultimate Warrior came into the WWF. I'm really thankful for having been able to, you know, everybody's like, you know, I have friends that tease me, old as dirt, Paul Bromwell. Um, it's fun because I wouldn't, have tra I wouldn't trade it for anything. Being able to grow up and watch uh, that era and Saturday night's main event and record it on VCR tape, you know, I couldn't stay up for the show because they would air during Saturday Night Live time. Sure at 1130 Eastern and then be able to go back and watch it. Um, just so many fond memories that are tied to wrestling. And then having gone back and watched a lot of the TBS wrestling shows on Saturday night with the NWA and, and uh, worldwide wrestling. I got that in syndication too. Um, it's just so many again. And then talking to my grandpa about it when I go visit him, he was into it. You know, asking about Hulk Hogan or my uncle and I had uncles and cousins that all watched it too. So just a lot of, a lot of fond memories, but it was all the baby faces that you would traditionally think of from that time frame. I was a big fan of all of them. Yeah. And you, you talk about being old as dirt. I'm actually pretty envy envious of that when, when, it, uh, when it comes to wrestling too, because I feel like there's so much that I miss because I'm, I'm 26 now. So I was born, okay. in, born in 97 and I started pretty young. I was probably 2000, 2000, 2001 watching when I definitely should not have been watching what was on TV at the time. <laughs> Um, so especially at like yeah. five years old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I had a pretty strict mom growing up and I don't know how that ended up. Yeah. How'd her. you get away with that? I don't know. And she was on top of things too. So I don't, I don't really know how that happened. I think it was oh. one of those things where I think at one point she told me, she's like, you can watch this, but if I see you talking like this or doing the things that they're doing, it's going to be done. It's game over. So I, yeah. I, I knew yeah, pretty, you're done. yeah, I think I knew pretty early on that it's like, yeah, I better, I better keep it keep under wraps here and you know my so. cousin uh he was a big fan well he had a little girl uh his daughter and they went to church and this was like a real straight laced there you know they're wearing suits and ties and dresses to church on sunday morning and she flung her head head around in the pew and looked at him and said if you smell what the <laughs> rock is cooking and at that point he was like i gotta stop watching it in front of my kids she's mm -hmm. just blurting this out you know you know and 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 the, and the people at church they were like in their 60s and 70s looking around like what is going on here it, it says satan entered our midst but um so that's funny that you say that yeah there's, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that was you know, going on i think i was so i was in i think this was 2006 so i, I must have been in like at that point 2006 i was probably you know around nine years old and that's when like the dx stuff started coming back and that was you know that was very much toned down to compare to what it yeah. was in the 90s yeah. if you look back in comparison but um i had a really good i had my I had one of my uh, wrestling friends growing up that you know i think i i didn't do this I'm going to put this out there, mom, if you're listening, I didn't do this, but, um, my, one of my fondest memories was him telling other kids to suck it and, you know, doing the crotch job. Crotch job yeah. It probably didn't even know what that meant at the time, but you know, it was still, right. those, were, those were good times. Good times. I love it. That's cool. But no, there's so much, there's so much back in the time that you, you know, that you came up watching that yeah. I've gone back to watch myself and it's, I, I really am jealous for a lot of those things. Like, I wish I would have been able to experience this at the time. And also when wrestling wasn't so easily accessible to like right. i feel like now sometimes that there's so many things to watch it almost and i still love it just as much as i ever did but it it, it almost it's like there's not that draw to sit down and unless there's a pay-per-view on to watch it live and all those things i can go back and watch it anytime right so it's i feel like there's something lost with that too you know you're absolutely right because i can remember as a kid 
Uh, there's a pay-per-view. How do we get pay-per-view? You got it. What do you got to do? You got to go to the cable place and get a box and then yeah. you got to pay for it. And, and it was like, well, my dad's like, well, I have a, fr-, you know, he had a friend of his that invited us over. I'll never forget for SummerSlam when Miss Elizabeth ripped her skirt off oh, and yeah, the yeah, mega yeah. powers. Right. And that was like a big deal that they had us over to watch that. Cause we didn't, we couldn't afford to get pay-per-views uh that often we never made a lot of money dad never made a lot of money there and and that would have just been seen as something extra but they had us over and to me memorable was that i got to see that that summer slam and it was just wow that sticks out in my mind or yes. going over to another friend's house uh, parents who uh, got wrestlemania 3 for their big screen the pontiac oh, wow. silver wow. gun you know, these are just memories where now, like you said, content is everywhere. You can stream it, watch it, whatever you want. That that uh, it doesn't stand out as far as man. I can remember where I was sitting in whose house and see and walking into the house and seeing that on the big screen. How cool that was! It's just it's just different. Yeah, definitely. And I think I was similar situation where I think for for me, I grew up with a single mom, and we did not have we didn't have any money, so it was just totally. I didn't really get to go to shows. I got to do a lot of things that probably shouldn't have been able to, to still do, but wrestling was probably not on the list of, right. of things that, you know, to go to. It wasn't um, a priority. Yeah. Right. Yes. And I have a, um, a brother-in-law, Nate, um, probably not listening to this, but just in case shout out to Nate too. Um, Nate was, he's my brother-in-law and he is, gosh, he's like 15 years older than me. My sister's quite a bit older than me too. So um, they were, they were like almost like second parents at this point. So he bought me my first, pay-per-view that I watched live. I think it was SummerSlam 2004. Okay. Um, which if you watch the show back, there's some good stuff on it, but it's not, you know, it's nothing. It, there's a lot of, there's not some not so great stuff too. And, but to me that will always stand out as like such a special memory because never I watched it. it live. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. So um, how did you, how did that shift from you being a fan of wrestling to then, okay, I want to start covering wrestling in some way. And to, I don't know if that, if that started before you got interested in podcasts, was it podcasting and something else, then wrestling came up with it or did those things kind of go together? How did you begin to start going above just being a fan? Sure. No, I was always, you know, like I said, grew up a fan and I'd never really envisioned myself ever doing anything more. If you were to ask me five years ago, uh, can you believe how that you're now involved in hosting a show with whatever Kurt Angle or Mike Kyoto or whatever? Uh, what? How in the world? What are you talking about? I, I have a full time job, family, all the stuff. That's the furthest thing from my mind. And I just think it was one of those things where, um, again, listening to, you know, what happened when with Tony Schiavone or other podcasts and not actually just being introduced to even what a podcast was and how it worked. I knew it was an exploding form of media that I now enjoyed, that I now found that app on my phone and couldn't wait to start downloading and listening to podcasts. I was kind of burnt out on just listening to the radio and music. But then I started connecting and realizing, hey, there was a real niche here with the wrestling podcast. And um, it was just one of those things where just talking with friends that I met from that community, that what happened one community where we realized we had more things in common than just wrestling. Uh, we were similar ages. We grew up in the air. I said, 18, but the eighties and nineties and had other things in common, whether it was movies and music or memories of uh, just growing up and what it used to be like in those days. And I think uh, as I got to know Conrad a little bit more on a personal level, I just started thinking to myself, hey, I, I, 
I like to have a g- great conversations with people and, and consider myself to, uh, to be able to, you know, communicate well and whatever the case may be. I wonder if I could ever do a podcast. And it was just more always kind of in the back of my mind. And it took uh, when I was in a group chat for one of the guys to say to me, have you ever thought about doing podcasting? And then it was just that admission. You know what? I thought about it, but never really thought about scratching the itch. Why are you, would you like to do it? And it was just that evolution of the conversation. And I started getting excited about it. And I thought to myself, if I really invest the time to learn This could be something, even if it's not wrestling related, a skill that I'm introducing to myself, whether it's learning how to do the editing and the post-production and how put, you know, how do you make sure that you get a podcast on Apple and on Spotify and all these, I had no idea how to do any of this, but why not take the plunge and learn how to do everything from, you know, A to Z. And uh, I'll start with something different. Uh, I definitely want to cover wrestling, but let's uh, try, try to figure out a way to incorporate some nostalgia, some pop culture. That's where that whole Save by the Pod idea started. Um, so anyway, it just it just I wouldn't say it was I, a light bulb moment where I woke up one day and said, I'm going to be a podcaster. It never happened like that. It was it was an evolution. It was seeing what Conrad did and listening to him talk about it. It was then meeting other guys. It was us getting to know each other and realize we have common interests and realizing that, hey, we grew up in the same era. What if we did this? Well, what about that? Well, who's going to host it if we do do that? Well, I'm going to need an art guy. Well, what about? And it just all evolved. And then the step of doing it, learning, going to YouTube, taking the time to learn how to use some of this stuff. Um, I think that's where a lot of people probably have the big idea. But then, you know, it's seeing it through and it was just like, okay, I'm going to commit to trying it and then see where it takes me from there. And uh, so that's kind of how that evolution, I would call it more of an evolution versus that light bulb moment happened as far as getting into podcasting. Sure. This is a little bit of a sidebar. Um, When I first heard you on some of the podcasts, I assume that you had some sort of background in audio because you, you mean, you definitely have the voice for it. hundred yeah. percent. I don't know how many, I'm sure you get that all the time, but it's like, yep. is that something that you have to practice or is that just like, this is just my voice and it is what it is. You know, what's cool about that is I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Very kind. I, um, my grandfather, the same grandfather who introduced me to, uh, wrestling pop Bromwell, he's passed away a few years ago when he got out of the army, he got into broadcasting. And he was a longtime uh, guy here on local radio. Well, when, uh, in Maryland, when I used to live in Maryland, in Baltimore, uh, he would be on a, a local radio station. This is Art Bromwell. And he would do the whole night's show um, on the radio. And so that was his career. I have a really cool old black and white of him in a radio studio with the real fancy old school mic in front of him. And he's in his suit and tie. And, you know, the professional broadcasters of the 60s and 70s. And now... He's passed and now I'm doing this. And I think, man, sometimes how cool would it be to go back to Pop Bromwell and say, hey, I guess a little bit of this rain in the family and I'm doing it in a different way. Uh, but man, um, I, to me, that's always kind of like a pinch me moment to know that he was such a great broadcaster for so many years, did a lot. But no, this was never in my in my uh I never went to school for it. You look at some of these guys like Chris Van Vliet or John Albo or some of these guys sure. that went to school, man, they are so well-trained and they know how to, how to flow a conversation and stuff outside of the training that I've had professionally 
um, you know, leading and presenting and, um, you know, doing things through work. So I've had to do a lot of that in my background, um, facilitating conversation at work, whether it's presenting to groups of people, large groups of people. I knew that I, I felt comfortable talking, um, but in terms of the voice and, um, I think for me, what I've always struggled with, with the podcast was coming off, trying to come off maybe a little too professional, um, sure. and, and not more casual and con and having that conversation. Like I feel you and I are just having an easy conversation now. And at first when I started getting tagged in, I was so nervous about saying the wrong thing or sounding dumb or, um, I just, just, I had a lot of fear. Fear motivated me when Conrad would text me and say, I need you to jump on something to wrestle with. Holy shit. The sweat beads would pop out <laughs> on my forehead. And so it was like, let me make sure I do a nice job facilitating them telling the story. And then that comes off, that comes off kind of professional, a little too professional at times for a po podcast audience. So what I've really focused on over the last year or two was becoming more natural and conversation. Hey, Kurt, and then cracking a joke. And, you know, that style. And I think that has helped me evolve as a podcaster, which is something that I really struggled with, to be honest with you at, at first. And I mean, it's got to be hard to of like the, there has to be like an intimidation factor of, of who you're conversing with and just the, the amount of downloads that those shows are doing. I mean, there's no way that that can't, that can't oh, impact buddy. somebody. Yeah, it's funny because the first something to wrestle with, I was in, I've told the story before, but I was in Myrtle beach and I just had packed up some equipment and I was in a, and I've again, you've heard, probably heard this in a, in a walk-in closet and uh, it, the editing, the post editing that had to be done on that show because stuff didn't turn out so well. And I was under the gun from ad free from the, you know, some of the leadership there to get this to show over to him. Um, it was some, it was so stressful. Um, and, uh, God, then I, I, I just couldn't even focus on the 150 or 200,000 people that are about to hear right. me. <laughs> and I was so glad Bruce made fun of me. He made fun of me and called me 85 different names on the show, but that took the edge off a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that was the professional that he was. And I still have people talk to me about that, but dude, that is like paralyzing fear. And I tried not to focus on it. It was like, just stick to stick to what you're doing here. Um, but you have to be ready because Bruce is also a guy that he's going to throw you curveballs. You don't yes. get a do over. You don't get a do over. So you either melt in the chair or you just <laughs> find that life preserver and figure out a way to keep going. <laughs> and I know you've talked about how that episode obviously caused a lot of, a lot of stress. I remember listening to it at the time. Um, and it was like, it was, I mean, I think just like you're even at, even if it was like one of your first times tagging in or first time with, it was. with, with Bruce at that point, um, that, that episode really did stick out to me. And I came across that, that clip on YouTube and I listened to it recently when I was at work, just working on some paperwork oh my in my God. office. And I just, I was sat there, I sat there just dying, laughing to myself. I'm like, my coworkers in the offices next to me are probably wondering what, what am I doing? But I listened to it. And, uh, so even if you were nervous, I feel like it came off well, at least that's what I thought. Dude, thank you for saying that. But I, it's called, uh, it's called building up the, uh, I had to seriously build up the calluses, um, mm -hmm. because it was who the fuck is Paul, um, uh, pardon me for my French, but who the F is Paul Bromwell was all over, you know, social media, YouTube, you, you name it. And I was just like, I, I can't even look at anything right now. Cause you, you don't want that to be, you don't want that to attach in your mindset and in your yeah. psyche. It's going to affect you the next time and the next time and the next time. 
And I think that has been something too that has uh, helped go through those experiences. That's helped make me better. I don't know if I'm again. I I don't say that I'm better, but I feel like I've gotten more used to it. I, I've gotten a lot more used to uh, podcasting because of those experiences that have helped me help me just kind of be prepared for being prepared for what you have no idea what's coming next. Right. And I, I feel like it just, it, it has to just take time to develop that chemistry with whoever it is. Cause I mean, I can even tell from some of the early episodes with Kurt, everything was good, but I, and if I listen to things now too, it, it definitely totally is a different, different change where it's just like, you guys have had that time to establish yes. that rapport with each other. You know how to, like you said, make that conversation back and forth. And that, and that just takes time, I think. Oh, dude, that's the other thing too. And that was the drum that I was constantly beating, you know, behind the scenes with close friends of mine uh, that they, we would all talk about, you know, what was happening as far as you're being thrusted into this role, you either sink or swim. And it was like, I know, but first of all, who are, who am I backing up? Conrad Thompson, the best, the pod father. Okay. So that's number one. People are disappointed immediately when they hear a different voice. I I could be as chummy as possible, but it's not him. And I right. get that. Uh, what am I supposed to do? He's out. He's sick. I don't know what's happening. Stranded on a beach somewhere. Okay, he can't, and he wants me to do it. Um, so that's that's number one. But number two is that chemistry is critical. If you two don't, you know, whether it's Kurt, Mike Kyoto, Arn Anderson, if you two haven't gotten that time to really connect, know each other, know where you can go with the punchline, take a jab here, take a jab there. Um, that's just what makes podcasts so much better. Uh, like with Kurt, Kurt was talking about on uh, when he first started uh, or when, in Halloween, one of the things he dressed up as was a robot. Well, Kurt takes a lot of heat online because he does, he's, he's very regimented as a podcaster. And so one of my goals has been to loosen him up crack jokes, try to break him to make it a better, more entertaining lesson. And it's, and it's working. And when we do that, but, um, he was robot, he's could be very robotic. So he was like, Oh, I dressed up as a kiss. I dressed up as one of the, uh, you know, guitar players from kiss. And then Paul, I dressed up as a robot, you know, for Halloween. And I was like, Oh, that's funny because your first several episodes on this show, people would say you dressed up as a robot on there too. But you know, it's just being willing to take that shot when you can. And he laughed. He thought it was hilarious. You have to be able to laugh at yourself, dude. And and you just gotta, and you're, and you know, there's going to be some people that'll never give you a chance. Never will. If you don't believe me, go back, look at the Apple. Uh, you know, when I really want to feel bad for myself, I can go back and look at Apple reviews. But then there's going to be a niche. There's going to be an audience that does start to like what they're hearing, and then that that audience will grow. Yeah, I feel like that's that's got to be such a tough thing to deal with the you know the negative stuff. And I think even for people that are at the very top, they're going to get even more. So I feel like that's a sign that you definitely have have made some headway in things. If you're at the point where you're, you're getting some of the hate, I feel like that's always a good indication. Like, yeah, that's I'm kind of onto something at this point. Because if and if I don't nobody... nearly hear too much of it, like on social, right. I'm not getting tagged in in a lot of nonsense anymore. And um, and if I do, it's just like whatever. Because Arn, Kurt, Mike, whoever, they're just like, dude, I don't want anybody else doing the show with me. Um, and and that means a lot to hear from them. So it's, it's all, it's all good. I feel like at that point, that's, that's the only endorsement somebody needs. It's like if right. people that you're working with are happy with you, 
Yeah. It's I a mean, home run. Yeah, exactly. And this was, yeah. this is another, okay, sorry, another sidebar. This just popped into my head. You're talking about Kurt and Kurt is definitely, he's, he's, he's definitely one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And I, I watched him. He was on, what is the name of the chiropractor that does the, uh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, I can't remember his name it's, either. It's Bo something. I don't Bo know something. Yep. And he was talking about his favorite movies and all this stuff. Yeah. That's, that's the point I wanted to, I, I remember listening to that and I remember I paused it. I stopped and talked to my wife. I'm like, I just heard Kurt Angle saying his favorite movies are Star Wars and Harry Potter. I'm like, did you see that coming? And she was like, huh? Like, and she knows she's aware of Kurt, even though she's not a big wrestling fan. She, she knows who my favorite guys are. You know, she's, she's watched the documentary with me too. And she, I'm just like, that just does not, I don't know why I that's know. so surprising, but that really caught me off guard. If you, uh, his first movie that he said he was a fan of his favorite movie was vision quest. That's right. I remember that's not. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I had never watched that movie. And so I, I looked it up and it was from 1985. I'm like, wait, an eighties movie that I haven't seen that it's one of Kurt's favorites. Literally a week ago, I watched vision quest for the first time. And it's about a kid, uh, amateur wrestler in high school. And it was like one of that karate kid style overcoming sure. the odds at the end, cutting weight and the girl and the whole nine yards. And I'm like, I love this movie and I've never seen it, but it was Kurt's favorite. And it's kind of cool to watch it now, realizing that's one of his favorite all time movies. Yeah. See that, that definitely tracks a little bit better than Harry Potter for Kurt. Um, right. right. <laughs> I, I remember that's the one I was, that's one I was forgetting too. Um, I have not seen that movie, but I got to, yeah, check it gotta, out. I got to go check it out. I got to go check it out. Now. If you like, like, like those types of movies, Rocky, Karate Kid, oh, yeah. um, some of those style, this is one that has a wrestler, Teen Wolf, the, you know, all that genre, John mm -hmm. Hughes stuff, Vision Quest, you'll enjoy it. Okay, that's going to be added to the list. I got to find where I can stream that. Okay. Yep. Um, all right. So if we're going back to podcasting too, because and as you mentioned, like you kind of started with just filling in. That's yes. where I first became exposed. So you've, I mean, you've filled in on just about every show now at this point. Um, yeah, uh, Jeff, uh, my world with Jeff Jarrett, um, 83 weeks. Jim Raw Grilling JR. Uh, let me see. I never, obviously never did a Foley or Flair, but I, they don't even do their podcast half the time anymore anyway. <laughs> right, right. Uh, something to wrestle with. Um, and then Kurt and Arn. Um, my God. I mean, you know, who really, there's nobody else that can say they've been able to do that on all those shows, which is kind of cool. I just thought of that. Uh, I know Alba has filled in on a few John Alba, but uh, man, uh, you know who I really enjoyed was uh, JR. He's just his bad mood, Jr. Or you know, rotten crotch, Jr. Whatever they call him, red ass, uh, Jr. Yeah, red ass, Jr. Same thing, all the same thing. He is hilarious, and a lot of people would be like, "This is like the odd couple, Paul and him." But I would want to sit here and just laugh at him when he started ripping me. Like Paul, come on, what kind of dumbass question is that? And I just want you. How can you not laugh at that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, dude. It's what Jimmy from Buffalo asked. Uh, <laughs> you know, let's, let's roast him. Cool. I'm down. <laughs> um, that's, I, I haven't listened to grilling JR in a little bit. I, that might make me, uh, go back and check some things out. Cause I think that's one thing that's missing from my life for the last, last little bit here. But cause that's, that, there are so many times where it's just, I can turn that on and just get a good laugh out of it. Yeah, I know. He's miserable. And, and it's just like, oh, this is so good. This is so good. And then I know too, if he's like, well, let me tell you about travel and my ankle. And I'm like, oh, damn, we're screwed for at least 10 minutes. Here. So <laughs> I got, oh, and I got two hours worth of show notes. My ass is already hurting in this chair. Oh, so, you know, I, I would really love just to be my full self with him, but then he'd probably hate me and never work with me again. So, 
Yeah, I think I think you and Jr. might be on opposite ends. Yeah, for some yep. reason I, I'm kind of thinking that. I don't know that's if that's a fact, but it kind of seems that way. <laughs> it would honestly, be so fun though. Like if yes. he was like game to like put up with my bullshit, oh, we would have such a good time. Yeah, that would be good stuff. I think yeah. we should, uh, you know, if there's ever an opportunity to make that happen, I think that would be well worth the time. <laughs> well worth the time. <laughs> How does it? How did it go with? Because I know that you've been obviously full time with with Kurt and and on the Orange Show yeah. too. How did that go from okay, I'm filling in to to you taking over those shows full time? Yeah, so um, I think both guys, uh, Conrad, just was like, hey, I uh, Kurt has a very set schedule as far as when he wants to record, and that was always the problem with those two. Uh, Conrad lives in a world where, hey, I'm going to be able to, I need some flexibility and be able to do this when I can. And let's be honest, he started adding podcast after podcast after podcast. And Kurt was, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to introduce the show. A very different sounding than any other Conrad show. Um, I think also Conrad noticed this isn't a, this isn't um, storytelling with Bruce Pritchard where we're going to be able to really dig in and have a lot of fun. This feels a little different. So I think it just got to be one of those things where, Hey, I'm, I want to be here for you, Kurt. I want to make sure we host a show, but I'm going to tag in from time to time, Paul. I think it just became an easy decision for him. Sure. Um, so I said, I want to make the most of it. If I'm going to have this opportunity, I want to make it and, and, and make Kurt so comfortable that at some point he says, Hey, I, I want, let's do this together. And so that's kind of how it all worked out. We just started, we just started getting in a routine and rhythm to where Conrad realized, listen, I feel like we're half pregnant on the Kurt Angle show. Let's go ahead and push that baby out. And that's, and he's yours. Kurt has raved about you. Mm -hmm. And so I was really excited to be able to say, okay, and, and take that over. And, and, uh, Kurt and I haven't missed a, missed a show since, um, so I'm really proud of that too. Uh, no repeats, no bonus stuff that we've had to throw out. We always try to make sure we have fresh content every week. And then the chemistry, it's, it's just worked out. Us uh, both being Pittsburgh fans, um, I've obviously followed his career, got to see him win the world title on SmackDown in that battle royal back in the 2000s uh, when they brought him over. I'll never forget being in Philadelphia to see that. And I'm like, here I am getting to host a podcast with him. But again, chemistry. It was that, that, that reps getting the reps together has now got us to a point where when we're done recording, we spend like five, 10 minutes after the show, just joking around. Love you. Paul. He always ends it with love you, Paul. And I'm like, this is so my son sits over here and looks at me like, what, what is your life? Dad? <laughs> yeah. So. That's, that's gotta be a pretty surreal, a surreal moment where you get to know these people and, you know, have yeah. good experiences too. Cause I feel like, you know, you look up to people yeah, and it, you know that's probably not what you. Always Sometimes they don't always look right. aren't what you hoped. Yes. Yeah. And Kurt's a guy that's like, yeah, I, I can see at the probably just with his background too, or he's a little bit more, you know, regimented intense. at times, and yes, he's intense and he's regimented. Know. He's type A. He's got yes. let's do this, let's do that. Um, but once he and I get together, yeah, we're good. We're good, um, and that's okay too because I like to be scheduled, mm -hmm. and I like to have a plan, and I like to over communicate. Um, and so for Kurt, I think that that's where we work well together too. We gel well together because we plan things out a couple of weeks in advance mm -hmm. with schedules and are flexible and we've never, you know, it's, it's always been good. So that's helped. And then the Arn show to, to finish your, the question here, um, again, similar situation where Arn has certain times or when he was available. And I think it was just, again, priorities for Conrad and, you know, he was growing with my world and doing this and other shows were happening. And, um, I started filling in again and, uh, it was just kind of a, a vault. It just evolved mm -hmm. that way where Conrad said, Hey, you and Arn seem to be hitting, 
hitting well together. Um, Arn and he, you know, he talked to us and Arn was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Cause Connor was like, I'm focused on growing the network and we can bring in more. And are you sure? And, and so it, it headed in that direction. So very, I, I never want to, um, I never want to lose the fact of how grateful, you know, here we are Thanksgiving week, as you and I recorded this, how grateful I am for the opportunity that Conrad has given me to not only jump in on some of these shows and get this exposure and meet heroes and people I watch on TV, but now, you know, tagging me in permanently and giving me two podcasts, toughest part, he started them all and you got to come in and try to, uh, try to capture the essence and roll with it. I don't think I have a show that wasn't started by him. So following up, following in his shoes is, is ridiculous. It's, it's over the top, but the fact that he, felt enough of me and thought enough of me to put me in that position, I'll always be grateful for the opportunities. Yeah. I think to it at this point, I think people are so used to you being on those, those shows that they don't associate. It's, it's happened long show. enough. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, okay, you think of Kurt and Paul, we think of Arn and Paul. I think to me, that's, that's just what I associate. I think looking back on this, I, I kind of forgot like, Oh yeah, those was, he started them. Yeah. yeah. And I, I listened to those shows at the very beginning too. And I just, that I just hadn't thought about that since since it happened it's just it's just it's taken time time to you know it's more of that it just takes time and gets to get people used to it you talked about chemistry but then you also have to have people get used to you who you Mm -hmm. are and get to know you and they do that through listening to you you know and listening to your stories and me tell stories about myself Mm -hmm. just like well that's how we got to know conrad you have to be willing to share and open up and let people get to know you. And some people will like getting to know you. Some people won't. And that's cool. But um, those two things and then the opportunity, it, it's all worked out well. And going back to, sorry to keep going back to Kurt's show, but that's what I've really enjoyed the the interviews that you guys have done too. Um, that's something that's kind of like, I don't want to say broke the format, but that wasn't something you saw on the other shows all that often. Right. Um, so that's something that I, I don't know if that's if that's if that was a Kurt call who decided to, to go that route, but you guys have had a lot of a lot of a lot of really interesting guests too. Like you had Booker T on recently too. You've had Rhino. You've had I believe Edge was on there too at some. Yes, we've Edge had too, Edge, right? Sasha Banks when Sasha. she was with the WWE. Yeah. Uh, it has been that's been. I mean, we, Chris Jericho. He was one of the biggest episodes mm-hmm. uh, that we did. Uh, Adam Cole. I mean, the list goes on and on. And every time we have these folks on. Dude, I'm I'm like a little kid, like, oh my God, I get to talk to Adam Cole today or Chris Jericho or and um it, it's it's been great. And and that's I think it all started with Kurt, you know, and having all the contacts that he yeah. did and does. And most of them are just like, Yeah, I'd love to come on the show and tell my story and be a part of your podcast. Um, so that's been been really cool too. And then we had Corey Graves on a few weeks ago, who again, another Western Pennsylvania guy. He was so pleased with the interview that he went back and told contacts within the WWE. Loved it. Kurt Angle show. They treated me right. Treated me great. Mm-hmm. And so that could open up the door for us to, to do even more there. So I'm excited about it. Is there somebody there that you feel like, whether it's not just WWE, but a future guest that you guys would like to have on? Maybe not. I don't want to speak for Kurt, but for, for you yourself, who would you like to have on in the future? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I would love to have Shawn Michaels on the show at some point. Okay. He's my, he was my guy, uh, for a long time. Love Shawn Michaels. I think that would be great, especially with their history and their WrestleMania match. So he's up there for me. I'll go in a different direction. I'd love to have Trish Stratus on the show. She's on the bucket list as someone that knows Kurt, that I am a mega fan of hers. Uh, you can think about, you know, through the years, uh, she would be fantastic guest as well. 
Um, I think it would be fun to have Kenny Omega on since there's always been yeah. this talk of Kenny Omega and Kurt and what if they got together. Yes. And uh, and Kenny has made comments so respectfully of Kurt and what he thought about him as a wrestler. So Kenny Omega would be an awesome guest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some guys like Edge. I would like, man, it would be cool to have him on again now that he's <laughs> right, Adam right, Copeland right. and can yes. say a little bit more maybe than what he did before. Yes. Um, so I, and I was always a edge fan too. Uh, but those are some of the names that come on. I wouldn't mind having Britt Baker on. I'd love to have Britt on because again, that Western PA connection. Um, and so there would be camaraderie from the get go. Yes. Uh, talking a little bit of, you know, Pittsburgh sports. And, uh, she's also so sassy and quick witted on the mic. I would, I just, for me personally, I would just have a blast, you know, as long as we had some good questions and fun stuff. And I think that would be entertaining as hell. Um, so those are just a few names that I can think of off the cuff. Yeah, those would be those would be all pretty good gets. And going back to whatever Bo, whatever his name is, too. I listened to that one with with because uh, Kenny was on that one. Like, I don't know if it was. I think it was earlier this year too, and Kurt came up in that episode as well. OK, did he? OK, yes. see, I didn't. The only one that I've watched was the one Kurt was on. Yes. MJF was on that show recently. I saw it popped up. See, now these videos keep popping up in my, you know, in my recommended videos to watch. And I saw that one came out. I haven't watched it, but I mean, I think those are pretty good. I mean, it's an interesting Yeah, he does a good job. Yeah, he definitely. It's a different take. It's a different way to watch uh, and and listen to content with your wrestling. Uh, and he's you know. and he's definitely either a wrestling fan or at least does his research because oh, yeah. you know that there's there's times where you know wrestlers get interviewed and it just sometimes it kills me a little bit inside when it's just like the interviewer doesn't know wrestling or doesn't know or it's not up to date on what somebody is is doing and it's just kind of like oh it just kind of kills me because right. you have to just do a little bit of research yeah or you just don't do it if you can't do it the right way that's so, exactly right so he, um, his videos are pretty good. So yeah, I think, uh, I think the Kenny one, yeah, I would, I would, I would tune into that. I, I mean, I would tune into all of those, but I think the, uh, Kenny is definitely one of the modern day guys that is like up there on my list for sure. Yeah. Could you imagine if we had MJ Uft on, he would rip me a new one, man. It would be so cool. So I got to, um, I was looking for the picture. Where did I put that? Do I have it? So I got to, at one of the star casts, this was a few years ago. And they were doing stage shows and MJF did a stage show. I don't know if you know this or not. I don't, I don't think I knew that. So he did a stage show and that he needed, he wanted to have a, um, two butlers, um, that came out with him on the stage show. I was, I was one of the butlers. I had to talk. Oh, no way. I did not yep. know that. I did not know that. Yep. And I got to pick a buddy. I, the buddy I picked to do it with me. Um, I was doing the Save by the pie podcast with mm-hmm. Timmy. And, uh, I was like, dude, Oh, Conrad said, he needs two guys. We got to get tuxes. We're going to be on the MJF stage show. He's going to be like Johnny Carson style. He'll be the host. So we met with MJF behind the scenes. He was like, all right. He's like, give me something. What What can I do to punish you, you know, you guys or whatever? And, I, and at that time, I was really trying to work out and get in shape. So I was like push-ups. I knew I was really trying to do a lot of push-ups. So when we came out, I sat there, served him on with the, with the tray, his drinks, and and he was ripping us, you know, on the mic. Get down and give me twenty five right now. <laughs> we were doing push ups. He was ripping the audience, but uh, and then afterwards, he, we have a picture with him on either side in our tuxes, and he's uh, giving the double bird with us. Oh, that's an awesome picture. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty special moment. I think yeah. the uh, yeah. some of the 
Conrad MJF interactions over the years. Have oh been. yeah, and some of like the initial like I think it was like was because it wasn't Conrad a part of like some of the initial AEW press. He was. They had him involved in some of the press conferences outside and stuff. Conrad was like yeah. the MC. Yes, and I remember some of those comments and like this. There was more than one instance of this too, and um, those were yeah. I, I think that would be a pretty entertaining segment to get uh, to get you and him together. That would be oh my god worth the watch. And and I don't know. And I thought I ha- I had it up on my bookshelf. I did at some point, but uh, I wish I could show it to you. But yeah, it's uh, it's on it's on my Instagram, Paulie uh, with a Y B Well. It's an open Instagram, and if you scroll down far enough, far enough, you'll see that picture I'm talking about. Yeah, I I want to. I got to go look for that too. I. Now that you're saying it, I'm like, I feel like I remember seeing something. I didn't put it together that it was you. Yeah, um, dude, that was, that's a cool, again, another cool opportunity. And now this guy's a freaking, you know, he's the man. He is yeah. the man in AEW and yeah. uh, young and has the the world at his fingertips in, t- in terms of, you know, wrestling and contracts and where he wants to go as long as he doesn't get hurt he's got like an unbelievable future in the business that's what i was going to say too if you think about his age and what he's already accomplished too and the the time that he has left to and especially the way that he wrestles his matches too like with full gear aside you know there was a few crazy spots in there too but um he wrestles pretty smart i feel like yeah. he doesn't wrestle more than he has to and he he's gets a guy it. that yeah he gets it and it's like that guy could easily have 25 years left if he if he stays healthy and wants to keep doing it. That's the other thing too. Absolutely. Yep. You're right. It's crazy. And some Um, of these guys now they're so good. They get all these acting opportunities. So who knows what will happen? Yeah. I feel like he's, he's a guy that's like, I I don't, I don't know if he has aspirations for, for more of that too. I know he's in the, the upcoming movie with the, about the Von Erics too. So I don't know. I don't think it's a major role, but he's, he's in it. So, I mean, it must be at least something of a consideration, but it's like, I could, I could maybe, I hope that doesn't happen anytime soon, but I could see that being an option for him. Same. Um, all right. So I wanted to ask you too, because this is something, and I do a podcast that is clearly no big deal, but it's just kind of doing it for fun. And it's been, you know, still pretty new with it. Um, when I talk to people about podcasting and I'm doing it on my own schedule where there's no hard set deadline of, okay, this has to be done. It's just me. I do everything for it. Um, kind of do them as I can. Um, on the other hand, for you, you've got a much faster pace. You've got multiple podcasts. You've got deadlines. How do you balance the the demands of what podcasts are? And you mentioned, yeah, you've got a full time job. You've got a family. Yeah. All those things. I I um I have a full time job. Yes, I do a podcast that is every so often as I can. I have some other, you know, I'm I'm married, but no kids, and it's still it's like sometimes it's like it's tough to just keep up with the day to day life things, let alone adding things in. How do you how do you balance yeah. that? It, it is a grind. I'm not going to lie and sit here and be like, oh, it's easy. You know, you just got to mm-hmm. plan your time. You're right. You do. You have to plan your time. Um, you know, I've heard Conrad talk a lot about on the Ask Conrads when people ask him, where does he find the time to get it all done uh, and run a mortgage business and things like that? First of all, you have to have good people around you. Okay. Whether it's your um, your spouse. I mean, she's Beth is so, my wife is so understanding. Um, obviously, she knows that uh, I'm, I'm heavily involved with podcasts and obviously the, the shoot job as we call it. And I'm asked to do a lot there, but she helps in a, such a supportive role to keep all the balls in the air with the family when I'm here doing this. And so for me, I got to sit here and recognize her right, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's awesome. Uh, help me. And just, I couldn't, I couldn't do that without, I couldn't do all this without her. Um, so I want to put my wife over first and <laughs> foremost. Um, 
Secondly is, um, so you got to have that. You got to have that support system in place. Secondly is um, just you have uh, scheduling is very important and communication with who you're doing it with. For me, I really try to stay off the weekends. I really mm-hmm. like the weekends yeah. to be my own with the exception of Rebels Happy Hour, which is a every other Sunday show behind the paywall. And it's an hour. I really, we've got, I've got a schedule where I don't have to record on the weekends. Um, and so I'm okay with that. If I've got to record at night um, with Kurt and Arn and uh, Mike Kyoto, who I just got done recording Monday Mailbag with him, and that's every other week. Kevin Sullivan, now he's a weekly show that I do Tuesday with Taskmaster. That's Monday evenings. I'm going to load up my my weeknights here and there um, and just and just get it knocked out. If I know that I have to maybe next week, for my regular job, I've got to be somewhere for a dinner. Okay, let's figure out, do we double up on episodes this mo- that Monday? Do we, can we push it to the next Tuesday? You just have to constantly be on top of your schedule. But I would, I'm, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that sometimes I do, I wish that I could, uh, it would be, could you imagine just going back to having one job and that's it? And then that's, and then you get to come home and, and relax or do whatever. Sometimes I think I'd probably be super bored at this point because I've gotten to such a routine over the last two years or so. Um, but then it's also exciting because remember, you're still getting to work with Kevin Sullivan and Mike Kyoto and Arn and Kurt. And you realize too, that it's helping these guys that are also trying to earn, continue to earn an income after their wrestling days are over. So it's just not all about me either. Um, I don't know. I just have all those thoughts in my head. And, uh, and then it's just, it's kind of the, the, the next what's next, what's due this week, what's due next week. And you have a lot of people behind the scenes that are helping with graphics and show notes, and they're all depending on you too, on me to make sure that I'm available and doing what I'm supposed to. So, um, when you think about it that way, it's, it's all the motivation that you need just to keep going, keep grinding, keep pushing out. And, um, and again, I know that there are weekend, a lot of the weekends I'll be able to relax. And I just think about that. Like this week, it's Thanksgiving week. Yesterday was, uh, you know, Kevin Sullivan on, on Monday. Tonight was Mike Kyoto. And then I knew you and I were going to get together a little bit later, which is cool. Tomorrow, it's uh, Kurt Angle. Um, Arn, um, with his back issue that he's having, we're going we're gonna to throw another one out this week, uh, a bonus episode that he did. Um, but I know next week when I come back, Monday will be Kevin Sullivan again. Sunday, I'll have Ripple's Happy Hour. Monday's Kevin Sullivan. Tuesday, we're going to do two with Arn. Wednesday, it'll be with Kurt. Uh, Kyoto, I won't have till the following week. But that's my life now. It's like scheduled. Um, I say no to hanging out with people. Hey, you want to meet me out at uh, the restaurant on Thursday? I'll be like, Thursday, December 16th is the only Thursday this month that I can meet the group out for dinner. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'll explain it when I see you. It just I, is. I think it's, that's, and I, when I reached out to you too, that was like such a, and I, again, I'm, it's, when you're early on, it's so hard to get people to do podcast episodes and stuff too. I'm um, sure. But I appreciated it so much when you're like, I'm free at this day and this time. Cause I'm like, okay, perfect. Cause that's where sometimes things break down. And I try to be open-ended and work with, because I feel like whoever is doing my show with me is doing me a favor. I try to make sure I can make whatever works for them work, do everything I can to, to do that. I have other responsibilities at work that I like, you know, I'm home about, about this time. Uh, I vary some days depending on what's going on and there's a lot of demands there, but it's like beyond that, I try to make it work. But if you have a day and time lined up, it's just, so, I mean, that is such a, 
that I'm trying to trying to learn to set those boundaries for myself, not even yes. just for podcasting, but that's just a, a good life skill to have too. It's like, okay, I set up these boundaries for weekends. Here's kind of when I can and just, okay, how can we schedule it to make it work? So to, and, to and me, I that gave was, you a date and time and you were like, okay, perfect. This is my time. And I said, okay, great. And then it was like, all right, that I'm committed and I'm going to do it. And I think that's the other t- thing too, is just sticking to your commitments. It doesn't matter who the interviews with or what it doesn't matter. I committed and I listen what you're doing. I'm thrilled with, and I'm so happy to be a part and that you asked me to be a part of your show. And, um, it means a lot to me. And, uh, and the fact that you're doing that you've gone out and you're trying to do a podcast and, you know, uh, man, that's, that's exciting. And so I, anything I could do to help support you and, uh, I'm all for it. So I'm, you know, I'm enjoying, you know, just sitting down talking with you, getting to know you through this. No, I, I appreciate it too. And it's, it's one of those things that it's like, you know, I really like what I do for my, for my day job, but it's been, it's been so nice to have that kind of, kind of, a, it's kind of a cliche to say, but that creative outlet where you can, you know, and for my show, there's no rules and restrictions. I can do whatever I want and talk, you know, talk to whoever's willing. Um, but it's just nice to have that time where it's like, I'm working towards this. It is, it's me. It's all on me. I have total control of it where it's like, what other parts of your life do you have, have that? So to me, it's have, it's having nothing to look forward to. And yes, it is, it is work involved, but I feel like there's that level of satisfaction. It's like, I created this on my own. I put this out there for other That's people right. to, to listen to. And it's just, to me, it's something that I think that I will, it'll be hard for me to let that go at any point. So it's like one of those things like, yeah, even if this show goes nowhere, it's, I don't think it matters. I think it's just that if, as long as I enjoy doing it, that's, that's to me, that's what's important for, for, for my end, at least. And listen to today, you're, you're have a podcast around wrestling, wrestling conversations, but who says in five to 10 to 15 years, you want to talk about something else that interests you and piques you. Mm-hmm. And, and, but the fact that you know how to podcast, do everything on your own, that is a life skill. That is a yeah. skill that you can take with you, say to retirement, I want to retire, but I'll do podcasting on the side just to earn a little extra income. I I compliment you for, for, for pushing yourself to learn that, um, uh, and put yourself out there and go through the the hard work of learning how to do all of that and developing that skill. I think that's cool. And it is, yeah, it is. Um, now that I've got it, got it down and there's lots of bells and whistles that I probably don't know how to do, but could I record something, put it out there and know how to do that? Yes. Um, but it's, oh, that is not as easy as what people think it is to put that stuff together and know how to edit. And sure. um, people think you hit the record button and there you go. But it's like, think about the prep time and then the, the, yes. the post-production needed. Is that something on your shows? Are you doing a lot of like the, the editing and those type of things on your end? So I've that's a great question. I've learned how to do all that, have done it all on my all before now, because of the schedule of, and the podcasts that are due, I have like, for instance, Marcus D'Angelo, who does the Jake, the snake podcast. He is my post production guy for angle and Arn. So as soon as I'm done the show, one thing that I'll do is I'll, I'll take the show and I will, um, tr- uh, download it and convert it to a wave file. Then I'll take the wave and I'll run it through the levelator. I don't know if you ever heard of the levelator program, mm-hmm. but it levels the audio for both people. I'll reattach that to the video. I, I take, I remove the original audio. So the, this is the, this is known enough to be dangerous stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll reattach it. So that makes sure our, our audio. And then if, if there was any kind of edits where we had to stop or pause, I will do that too. Sure, and sure. then when I have that complete, I will, I upload it to a Google drive and I have all my shows named out on a Google drive by episode skins, uh, ads that I record for the shows. 
all out there for Marcus that we share. And I say, okay, here's this episode. Here's the raw video. The skin is in there for Booker T this week. And it has our three names on it. I do that in, uh, in Canva. Uh, I use that to do the skin. Um, it, and then uh, the show notes have been uploaded to the show note file. It'll have all the text written on it for what you need to upload for YouTube and to, uh, and to our podcast app as well. He will take it all. He'll put the skins on, add ads to it. Upload. I mean, and then, you know, I pay him a few dollars per episode to do that, but it's totally worth my time. Yeah, I was I I was thinking I'm like there's there's no way that you could do it with just like your schedule at this point. I'm like I figured that was the answer. I'm like I I didn't know, but I'm yeah. like it has to be because there's so much that goes into even like the like yeah I know you guys have show notes that you go off of, but that that doesn't. Yeah. There's still a lot of prep that you got to do on your end too. That is like that it's just people I think don't understand. They don't understand even hosting the show. I still do pre work on the notes. Yeah, like Kurt wants me to send him the pre notes uh, of the stuff I'm going to add, like our football picks. So I go down, I grab the football schedule, I'll add that in, I'll add in some commentary, I'll add in some spots that he's supposed to. Say. There's pre work. I'll never get away from doing some work on the shows yep. outside of just hosting. Mm-hmm. I've tried to scale it though so that most of the time consuming stuff. Is, is handled by, by some other folks. But I mean, if you're trying to do it all on your own and you've got a bunch of shows, oh my God, it's just impossible yeah. to keep up with. I think the, uh, I like the addition of the football picks, by the way, as you, oh, okay, as you can cool. probably, t- as you can tell by the, I think lots of people, yeah. um, you guys were, you guys are smart about it and maybe talk about it at the end of the show where I just talk about football right at the beginning on a wrestling show. But you know, things like that, I think when, when you have that back and forth banter, I think people really at least I do. I think I really can relate to those things you're talking about and feel like you're almost a part of the conversation to some extent. He had someone, one of his advertisers that um, he was trying to talk to about the show, say, you guys should do a little bit more on sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's really where it came from. We were like, all right. So we were doing different sports stories and then football season started. I'm like, well, that's what we're doing. We're going to have Kurt's angle, you know, his ankle yeah. lock and his, uh, you know, sleeper pick or whatever. And so and we're, we have fun with it. I can bust his balls. Now he went 0 and 2 this past week, and we record tomorrow night. So I'm really going to give him up the country. But it's another opportunity to, it's an icebreaker for each episode yes. where I can come out of the gate and, and just ready to bust his stones about it. And we're off and going. That sets the tone for the rest of the episode. Yeah, that's something that I, yeah, it, it does definitely just, you kind of get into that. And it's, yeah, I think it is something that, I think more people should take take note of those type of things, add those little yes. nuggets in. And if you listen to each episode, you're 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 kind of in on the gag a little bit. Like, okay, this is the banter we have. Yeah. These are the topics we're going to talk about. And if you listen to last week's, you're going to know, okay, even if it's a new topic, you kind of know what to expect. And it's just like, you're almost a part of it. That's how I feel. It, it is. Sure. And, and, I've, and I've tried to push, you know, and there's times with Kurt where we'll do a watch along and we watch along stuff from the... Uh, attitude and ruthless aggression era where they were a little bit more racy and stuff. Yeah. And I've tried to tap into that with him and he's all for it. So I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, well, we're going to, it adds personality, you know, and a little, a little controversy the way that maybe we act and comment about it, but you want to get to know Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. You're going to, we want you to listen to the Kurt Angle show and, and show our personalities and, uh, and what we found are people are digging it. So it's cool. I think you guys, the stuff that I, a lot of hidden gems out there too, but you guys have talked about some of Kurt's matches in Japan. So if you haven't listened to some of that stuff, oh, that's, I just went back and watched um, some of his Japan stuff. Okay. And it's just like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, uh, what was it? I saw a clip the other day and it was at him and great Muda. It might've been him and Muda. I'm trying to remember, 
but it was a, a match from Japan. I thought, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh God. I just wish I could have seen Kurt and Kenny or, yeah. uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Just because you can see how smooth he was with Muda back in the day over there. I mm-hmm. think Muda was in like red trunks and red knee pads. He was, and, and, and it was him and Kurt Angle and I'm, and it was just an incredible exchange between those two. Mm-hmm. It just sucks how badly beaten and banged up his body was because mm-hmm. man, that guy, we could be talking about him. Like Booker T just said, he's a guy that wrestled for 10 years, but had a 20 year career, yeah. all timer career in 10 years. Mm-hmm. He's so right. He's so yeah. right. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of good stuff squeezed into a short amount of time. That, that is for sure. Yeah. Um, well, Paul, I've, I've kept you, kept you long enough. Thank you so much for giving me, um, this, this amount of time. I appreciate it. But before we, before we go plug all your, all your shows where people can find you online. Sure. And no, that's great, man. I appreciate it. And I've loved being here. I would tell you if you could, it would be great uh, for those that are listening and you haven't subscribed yet to our channels on YouTube. Uh, you can check us out at the Kurt Angle show, the angle pod on YouTube, subscribe, turn on those notifications. That helps us out a lot. We're trying to grow that channel. We were at about what, 48,000 subscribers as we were getting into the year. We're about, uh, we've just broke, I think, 67,000. So we want to grow that. We ultimately want to get to over 100,000. I think we can get there, but we need your help to do it. Also, the Arn Show, uh, if you just search Arn, Arn Show Pod, uh, subscribe to that one as well. I think we're at 45, 46,000 subscribers, but really trying to grow those YouTube pages. Also, you can hit us up, Box of Gimmicks for merch. That would be awesome as well. Arn Show does very well with merch. He's got that Four Horsemen uh, logo. And so we're always trying to come up with ideas uh, because, man, I tell you what, talk about the standard of excellence and one of the most iconic brands of all time. Arn owns it, right? So, um, you know, check out our our merch merchandise there. And then ad-free shows. Got to put over adfreeshows.com because one of the most fun shows that I get to do is the Monday Mailbag with Mike Kyoto. And you talk about letting our hair down. Um, that show has a cult following, unlike other ad, any other ad-free show bonus show. Uh, the goal of that show is to drive comments and for us to answer every other week. There is not a show that goes by now where we don't drop it, where we don't have 25 to 35. And for the membership, that's huge, comments. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of times where they have to go out and look for more uh, questions for shows. And thank, thankfully, fingers crossed, we haven't had to do that. And we're proud of that. And that's because of our listeners are just having such a really good time. And we are very diverse in our topics. People have really gotten to know Mike Kyoto through that show <laughs> and, his, and his travel stories, what he enjoys, you know, on the food places, uh, sports and his sports teams, how he used to play baseball, memories with Joey Morella growing up under Gorilla. Uh, man, it's just so cool uh, to get to hear him. And he's also been a buddy to a lot of wrestlers. So he's had, you know, British Bulldog shaved half of his head off one time. He was just telling me that story on the show. You're going to hear stuff you won't hear anywhere else. So um, all that to say, check us out. Ad-free shows, Monday Mailbag with Mike Kyoto. But yeah, thank you so much, man, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's any a chance to have you on again in the future, we could probably talk more current wrestling at some point. Didn't yeah. even get to that. I thought about it, but we'll we'll uh, save that for next time. Save that for next time. You can find me on social media at Paulie with the Y B Well, uh, P A U L Y B W E L L. I'm on uh, Twitter or X, and uh, also Instagram. And uh, so check it out. And uh, man, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you very much for doing it. You got it. Anytime. <laughs>